I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, a weekly podcast that reviews the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics one individual issue at a time. And this is a bonus episode. Thank you so much for the reviews. So they all poured in and we were like, all right, we got some reviews here. Now we can give the people what we promised them and throw these uh, these one shots in, which, you know, they, some of them are kind of necessary. So it's a good thing we we got this out of the way. Yeah, this, this one was fun because you had to send it to me because I could not find anything but the cover to it. So, yeah, today, as you saw, probably in the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about the Fugitoid one-shot. It came out in September of 1985. So um, issue four came out in June. Um, this came out in September. And then five came out in October is kind of how that worked of 1985. That was their release schedule that year. It's 37 pages. And again, written and illustrated by Kevin Eastman and Peter Leard. Um, kind of... Ahead of the Ninja Turtles, though, as we'll probably talk about more later on. Like, this was this was done pre... Some of this work was done pre-Ninja Turtles, I think. Yeah, um, because uh, the version you sent me has, uh, like, introduction from the two of them. And it kind of says, hey, mm -hmm. this is something we came up with beforehand, but now it's part of Ninja Turtles canon, so enjoy. And this issue, when it was published in 85, marked the beginning of full color covers yes. for the series they were all two colors beforehand like it would be like red and black or, or, or like you know you know a two color you know you can count it two um <laughs> so think. uh yeah they would all they would all be two colors but all the covers after this are full color so that's pretty cool yeah i so. actually uh i really like this cover and i ended up because this isn't reprinted in anything at the moment um but I get to see the wraparound cover, so that was kind of cool. I feel like this issue is the Star Wars holiday special of the Mirage comics in that it's always ignored in collected editions. But anyway, this so this issue is it basically Kevin and Peter had this concept for a Fugitoid robot. And they had it before the Ninja Turtles, but they eventually incorporated that story, as you'll hear next week when we talk about issue five, into the Ninja Turtles, you know, ongoing story. So they 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 made this comic and they printed it in a book they had called Gobbledygook, oh, which yeah, was yeah. it was like a mix of things. And this was just it was you know this was just like a couple of pages in that book and. Uh, they only came out with two issues of it, and they basically took all of the Fugitoid stuff from those two issues and combined it into this, and then added the turtles showing up at the end. Spoiler alert, the turtles are going to show up at the end, and that's that's how they made this comic. So, I, I don't know for you, if you get this, but these guys seem to be very drawn to older pop culture, even in the 80s when they were doing this so to me the cover was very ray harryhausen between him hiding from the the guards and then the giant crab monster you know what's funny is like i can also see and i gotta look up I, 
it, it must have just been like the the public consciousness of the time because when did MTV start? Like that around was the like the time. late eighties. Around yeah. the same time. Around the same I feel time. like a lot of their artwork has like an MTV feel to it sometimes. I mentioned that in one of the episodes we've recorded. I can't remember which one. But uh yeah, every now and then they've got this very like do, do you see what I'm talking about? I can't put my finger on what it is. Yeah, it's got that early like, I, feel. I feel like the people... So the cover is the Fugitoid robot hiding in the bushes, like you said. And then there's these four... You, I guess you can gather that they're like soldiers of some kind. But mm. even though they're dressed more like... Uh, they're dressed like... What would you call uh, the Exterminators? Yeah. <laughs> like they've it, got like brown a, one... The brown one... What are those called? Jumpsuits. Got brown jumpsuits on. It's not they've the got, most intimidating military outfit, so... <laughs> and they got these like futuristic laser gun looking things, which on um, on this I'm noticing the guns are completely metallic looking. Mm-hmm. But later on, uh, I'll bring this up in it because we already recorded the, these episodes. We did these a little out of order because we needed your reviews to come in to see if we were going to do them. Um, so, yeah, later on, we'll mention that these guns that they're holding aren't that completely metal. So I don't know if that was a coloring mistake or what, but like that middle part becomes almost like, like a sheath, you know, yeah, or like yeah. a, I couldn't describe this then either. It's, it's kind of like, like picture, picture like a messenger bag <laughs> that that's like there to hold a gun. You know what I mean? Like that leathery material. Yep. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. I like the, the crab monster <laughs> and then yeah on the back you got the crab monster that's uh scaring fugitoid so let's go let's go into the story the first page i gotta say i feel like they were still finding fine-tuning their art style here i don't think this first page is drawn very well i agree you can kind of it seems like it predates turtles it's so the page is a, a a scientist in his laboratory on clearly another planet of some kind, possibly another dimension, but most likely another planet, and he's fiddle he's tinkering with with some kind of invention he's making, and he's looking at the reader, and he's so close up that every time I read this issue, my first instinct is that I think he's a giant, like he he. The pers- there's something off about the perspective where it looks like he's a giant and not just that he's closer to the frame. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing that now. And I, I, I think it's funny he's dressed like it's his day off. Like he doesn't scream scientist to me. <laughs> and you know what it might be? It might be just a subconscious thing where every time you kind of see futuristic, like weird alien technology like this, it's not out of place to see just like a floating head mm. uh, and there and they're, and those floating heads are usually like the size of a room right. <laughs> you know you know like um, I'm trying to think of an example of, of something that would have like Zordon in the power Rangers yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like 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 that's that's what like I guess my subconscious goes to when I flip to this first page here I gotta say though that aside it's extremely detailed the artwork, oh yeah they had that like, from the beginning which is impressive really <laughs> so. like you can almost see this guy's pores like it's <laughs> it, you can count the number of hairs on his head it's it's you see every wrinkle 
the 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 artwork there, like the detail work is phenomenal. So he's talking to the reader and uh, then, well, not to the reader. He's, he's looking at the reader, but he's talking to these authorita- authoritative peoples on the radio. And then we cut away to a robot in a field that has his foot caught in, like, he's like tangled in vines i guess it's supposed to be but they're like robot vines what whatever it is is he <laughs> he was clearly poorly designed because they didn't factor them in <laughs> it's very mega man this this world where like you know like everything is kind of a robot too yeah <laughs> um yeah honeycuts get kind of a dr light thing going so yeah i find it weird that so i think it's right here it's it's somewhere close to where this robot is introduced that his original name is sal s-a-l and i thought it's weird that that's not an acronym for something it's not like s dot a dot l sal it's just he's a robot and his name is sal (laughs) and he doesn't exist for long because pretty soon Sal's mind is about to be taken over. So the the professor's playing with this like mind device thing and he goes over and he tries to help out his little robot that's struggling to get untangled from this thing. And a, a, a lightning storm comes and the rain and the whoosh. And do you feel like you're there? It's oh, like I a radio do. drama now. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you could add in the, the lightning with the aluminum. Yeah. So speaking of lightning, they get hit by lightning and they merge because he had like that, that thing, the professor had the, the scientist had that thing on his head where he was using it to like control robotic stuff. He now his mind is in the, the, the Sal robot. So Sal's dead. (laughs) There's no more Sal. It's the, uh, professor Honeycutt's mind is now in the robot but his body's dead the robot's mind the robot's mind didn't go into the robot's sal didn't go into the professor's body though yeah the professor's Sal's body just, just dies <laughs> so just a little grim <laughs> but yeah they draw it just laying there in the rain when he like walks away so yeah his body's just there and so he he's starting to freak out, realizing that his he's in this robot body now, and he and he gets up and and oh no, he doesn't freak out at first. That's what it is. He gets up and he walks back to the lab. Mm-hmm. And the note that I have here is he didn't notice the charred human remains that were next to him. <laughs> like that's kind of weird. Yeah, they go full Aunt Baru with his body, so they hold nothing <laughs> back on that. <laughs> I gotta say. I'm not a big fan of this issue. I'm going to keep going along with it being like the the holiday special of of the Ninja Turtle universe is that it's it's very like there's a lot of dialogue and it's very exposition heavy, not a lot of action. Exactly. Yeah, and that's not something that I'm used to when I'm reading turtle comics because we've talked a few times about how they use their 40 pages a lot of times for like to, to show action or to, to, yeah, to really yeah. focus on things. And I'm not used to this many pages of like some of these panels have like seven or eight dialogue boxes in them. And it's 
I don't know. I, I don't really consider this issue a fun read. That's that's and that's coming from someone who's who loves Fugitoid as a character. Let me disclaim it that way. Like I love the Fugitoid character, but I've always maybe I expected more out of his origin issue, but it's like I I never really liked this comic. I like him in a lot of other ones, but and like I said, he's a great character, but I there's so much exposition, like you said. <laughs> they they do a good job. They, this is going to sound bizarre. They do a good job of world building in these sections, but they don't do yeah. it in a way that's interesting enough to justify the amount of pages. And I'll bet it worked a lot better when because it's separated into chapters. Right. And each chapter is only roughly like three or four pages. So I'll bet the heavy amount of dialogue worked a lot better when it was just a three-page story. Right. But when you now combine all those stories into essentially a compilation to put out a one-shot issue, it it starts to add up. Because there's interesting stuff like robots don't have rights, but there's like no context to it. Yeah. There's really no context to the people going after him either, though. It's just they want his machine because it can teleport and... You don't really get a sense of anything else as far as what they're up to. We should mention that part of the story because that's going to come up and come into play in the next few episodes of Ninja Turtles. Is Yeah, so he's working on a device that can teleport things. So they go to the, the professor's lab looking for him, and then they eventually realize that the robot is the professor and you know, give chase. And that's why he's the fugitoid is he's a fugitive and he's a robot. He's running from the government and he's a robot. So if you, if you skip to the last page of chapter four, I feel like there's not a lot of detail on this page. It, it there, there's a few sections of this comic where the, where it's, it's funny. It's like super detailed on some pages. And then you have pages like that where it's very blank it's like they forget to pass it back and forth. So, yeah, there's like some of these pages have like, look at this one here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine panels. It's like, it, it, like I said, it's, it's because I get that it's because they were originally only like three page stories and they were all put together. But it's hard to read this much in one sitting when it's all put together like this. I feel like the ideas maybe don't gel well together either. Like, I like the design of the crabs, but they seem completely unnecessary. Yeah, and again, I think that's part of it. Originally, it was going to be this, like, ongoing series of shorts. So, like, that that works in that scenario. So, okay, so what Sean means by the crabs, because there's probably people listening who have not read this issue. (laughs) <laughs> Fugitoid's running Fugitoid is running from the government soldiers. He runs into the woods and he ducks behind what he thinks is a rock and then the rock kind of gets up and it turns out there's like it's, it's like a hermit crab. Like there's like a little crab creature that is living in with that rock as its shell and they help hide him as the soldiers go by. And it's it's they never come up again. <laughs> and they don't right. factor into the rest of the story at all. So when when you're telling the story this way, 
they're they're super out of place. But if it was a chapter to chapter thing, you're like, okay, that's just what happened in that chapter. You know, like like serialized storytelling radio serials used to be a, yeah, yeah. a lot like that. Or like like radar men from the moon. Oh, those God. old things. <laughs> you know, they 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 would introduce concepts in one episode that would never come up again. Commando Cody. Oh. <laughs> horrible, horrible memories. But yeah, there, there's just a lot of that. Like, I like the part in the junkyard, but it's very quick. I like that they introduced the Triceratons almost better in this yep. than in the Turtles comic. But I feel yeah. like they could have come in earlier instead of doing some of the other stuff. Well, what do you think they do better here? I think they're just more intimidating and more of a threat the way they're brought into this. You know, it might just be context, too, because you've had turtles and rats and mousers and all that stuff by that point. But just the way they're drawn and come in, it's just like, oh, those are bloodthirsty dinosaur animals. Well, I think a big part of it, too, is they they come in in this scene where they're talking. One of them is talking to this woman who is sweating bullets. You know, like you can see the oh, sweat yeah, dripping the, down her the, face. The drug she's, subplot that that makes them a little more intimidating too. Th- this woman doesn't factor in much at all either to the story. No, but it it's a better setup for them actually being a threat, which sounds weird because it's not that they're not a threat when they go against the turtles, but just the way the armor is drawn and this issue on him is like, oh, okay, they're warriors, and you just get more of a sense of who they are. From the little and bit, they keep it very vague. Like they don't really get into what the drug she wants is. They it's they just, just the mention. <laughs> they call it the drug, and they allude to basically that if she doesn't get her fix, it's probably going. It, he says it'll be your death. So she needs it. She needs it very badly, or she gonna die. And like they're in. So there's a really cool. Uh, page it's a full page at the end of chapter six where it's the full reveal of the triceraton and he's in this like and you see them in the later issues of the turtles but i love these suits where yeah it's like a space space suit but because they're triceratops they have those horns and i always love the the idea of the horns coming out of the glass part of the astronaut helmet Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's so it's so like that's something I feel like only works in a comic book. Like if you saw that in a movie or a cart or well, it kind of works in a cartoon, but it only works in a drawn like yeah medium. yeah. And you have to it has to be drawn because no. that would not work practically. I like it, the because uh, once they move their face, the horn's gonna have to move. You know. Yeah, and there's nothing like sealing it, and yeah, it just raises too many questions. <laughs> too many questions. I like this guy that Fugitoid ran into too. He's the with the the sunflower hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's a character. He's like no, this, this like dumpy. He's got a Cyclops visor for some reason from the X Men. Oh yeah, the guy that buys him. He looks like the child of Elvis and the super mutant leader from the Dark Knight Returns. But yeah, that, so, that's the thing. There's a lot of interesting characters. So I don't know, like. You could have done more with him and not had, you know, so many panels of the soldiers talking about the 100 credit bounty. 
So it just seemed like they hadn't quite found their balance storytelling-wise yet. So basically the summary of events for this issue is there's Professor Honeycutt, and he's a super great inventor, and he's working on a teleporting machine device thing. And he's also wearing a thing that lets him commu- like kind of psychically, co- with his mind, communicate with technology. And he goes out to help his robot, who f- fell down, went boom, and <laughs> and um, and lightning hits them, and his mind is put in the robot's body. Government comes looking for him because they want his teleporty technology. He runs away. The government figures out that he's this robot. They chase the robot, and eventually, even though there's a few different adventures in the middle there, it's mostly just the robot running from things uh eventually they end up in an alley and the ninja turtles teleport in just as the government is closing in on the robot fugitoid and that is where issue number five is going to pick up yeah it sums it up pretty clear (laughs) i i i have to i i've never seen the actual gobbledygook issues that they took this stuff from I wonder if the issue originally ended on this panel here, like basically the panel right before the turtles teleport in. I wonder if that's where it originally ended. Yeah, I was curious on that. I don't know if how much of this they re, you know, drew or if they just kind of pieced it together and then added them at the end. Because there's a two page spread with the turtles teleporting in at the very end that's what it yeah officially ends on and then the page before that is split in half it's the turtles teleporting in like they're you know they're they're see-through turtles on this page and then on the next page they're they're fully teleported so on this page they're they're clear and they're they're in the process of teleporting in and that's the bottom half of the page and the top half of the page is the government pointing its guns at Fugitoid, who's kind of cornered. The page before that is him hitting a wall in the mm-hmm. in the alley. So I don't know which of these two it would have ended on. Because I don't know how they would have squeezed this panel into this other page. But it's not like... Maybe this was a two-page spread, this top panel. Oh, maybe. Then and that's how it ended? Rearrange it. I don't know. If you know or if you have the ability to show us, because I couldn't find any scans of the original Gobbledygook series. No. So if 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 you have if our listeners out there have any way of showing us how the story originally ended, let us know. Uh, tweet at us. We are at TMNT Nerds. You can also send it to us, tag us with it on Instagram. We are also at TMNT Nerds there. Or you can email us uh one of them, one of them, they're JPEGs. That's what they call them, right, Sean? <laughs> the images on the computer. We're yeah, old. I think that's what um, they <laughs> you, you can email it to us uh, at tmntnerds at gmail.com. I mean, overall, I guess, yeah, it's the weakest one shot, but at the same time, it wasn't originally a one shot. So, yeah, it's definitely worth looking into if you want to know everything that was going on in Mirage at the time and it's def- and it's 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 a fascinating look at what 
we could have gotten instead of Ninja Turtles if this had taken off, like what that series would have been like. But uh, like like you said, it's definitely the weakest one, and it's it's just a bunch of short stories thrown together. I don't know. It's not my favorite, so I'm sorry if this bonus episode wasn't as good as the other ones, but it, it, there's... There's just so much exposition and not a lot to talk about in this issue. If we missed anything, you can write us about that too. And, you know, we'll we'll read emails if they're relevant on the show. So write us emails if you want or tweet at us. That's all we have for this. Uh, thank you very much for those reviews that got you this bonus episode. And uh, t- tune in on Monday. We will be talking about issue number five of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mirage Volume 1 ongoing blah, blah, blah. You know the deal at this point. Um, So thank you guys very much, and we were happy to bring this bonus episode to you. Thank you so much for those reviews. It really means a lot to us because it really helps the show out. It's pretty much, it's like a tip jar, but you don't even need to spend (laughs) money. It's it's a tip jar for podcasts is to leave them a review. It, It really helps them out a lot. And unlike tipping in real life, it doesn't cost you anything but your time. So if you haven't written a review yet, please do that, and we'll see you on the next episode. Why do they keep changing the way everything works? The thing I put, the thing I use to make my notes has this like thing that just came up. I've never seen it before. It's like all different color markers and stuff. (laughs) Why can't everything? uh, There needs to be computers for old people, which we now are, Sean. We are now old people. And and it's a computer where it just never has any updates. (laughs) 